Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, Jeff, you ever heard this before? Now, this is a theory. Not everybody agrees with this theory, but there's a theory out that squirrels lose up to 80% of their acorns. Did you know that? They hide them. You know, for the winter, they can't find them. And a lot of acorn trees, they think, grow because squirrels take the acorns, bury them somewhere, forget where they're at, and then a tree grows. I did not know that. Now, this is quite an educational day yeah. already, then. And it's also kind of fascinating because, like, I don't know of any other animals that eat acorns, so I'm not sure why squirrels are obsessed with hiding their acorns. <laughs> like, who but, else is going to? Yeah. No, no, I mean, maybe there are other animals that eat acorns, but I don't think there really are. But uh, now there's some people who dispute that statistic, but they know they do lose some of them. So I knew the phrase, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. What, what is yeah, that phrase? That has or something nothing like that? to do with this. That's he, what? that's fine. with it, it squirrels well, and acorns. But it's that's find it for the first time. I'm saying they they find it, hide okay. it, and forget where it's at. Eighty percent. Now, how did they know that? Well, they, that's why it's disputed. But they think a lot. They, <laughs> I say probably, it is disputed. I'm sure it is. Just, oh, it's totally disputed. I think but, it's seventy-eight percent. But they know that they know that some of them are lost because okay. the squirrel cannot remember where it hid. That's what they okay. think. Cannot remember where it. <laughs> I'm telling you, what do I even bring? This? I mean, you, <laughs> it was probably. I bet we've spent millions of tax dollars funding that research. Is the sad part about it? Well, so, okay. I think we lose eighty percent of the tax dollars that get sent to Washington. Is anyway. okay. That we don't want to get on, Jeff. That's a whole. Duh. I mean, that's, I work so hard to keep you on track here, keep you focused, you know. And then you do. anyway. I'm Roger Fields, and I am Jeff Fields. We're the Fields brothers, and we're doing this in, from the heart of Central Kentucky. And actually at Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm in the Man Cave. And we are both recovering pastors. Um, We do this podcast um, commercial free. Uh, We do not solicit for donations. Don't send us money because you're still recovering. Last time you said you think you are recovering. Well, it's okay. I don't know. Maybe I'll relapse occasionally. I kind of feel like, but maybe I haven't recovered. I don't know. I I do relapse sometimes. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's a great point. I think. Sometimes there's sometimes I think, you know, am I doing enough? Am I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes I'm not, you know, I may be wishy-washy on understanding that Jesus paid the full price. I mean, every now and then, I don't know, but I'm just saying, okay. Okay. whatever, recovering pastors. And so anyway, don't send us money because if you do, we'll just waste it on something. Jeff will spend it, I don't know, for a new flat screen TV so we can watch the Masters, <clears throat> I guess, this weekend. Well, this podcast will actually come out after the Masters, so it'll be right, Masters last, last weekend. weekend. It's a little weekend. time okay. travel thing here. Okay. All right. I hear some prayers you're not going to find in the Bible, Jeff. Number one, help me to follow Jesus. Help me to follow you more closely. We pray that a lot, but as I've heard people pray that. Can't a lot, get any closer than you already are. You're in Christ. Okay. Number two, make me more committed to you, dear God. Just make me more <laughs> committed. It, the gospel is about Jesus' commitment to you, God's commitment yeah. to you, not your commitment to him. And forgive me, that's not in the Bible. The closest it comes is First John 1, 9, where it talks about confessing. If we confess I ourselves. believe, that's talking to unbelievers. We can have that discussion that's later on. It's an evangelistic on. verse. Yes, it's an evangelistic verse. But even that verse doesn't say, God, forgive me. There's no place right. in the Bible yeah. where yeah. Christian is ever told to ask for forgiveness because you're already forgiven. Through we Jesus. have the Lord's Prayer, but that's not for a new covenant believer. Right. That's a whole different On, on this discussion. side of the cross, yeah. right, right, I should say that. Uh, then God, don't leave me. That's not in the Bible. And search me. You know, it's an Old Testament verse, but uh, Christians still pray. Oh, just search me. See if there's any wicked way in me, you know. And um, so anyway, um, so one of the things that c- that's come up in discussions I've had with people is that they the, the kind of want to brush off the whole idea of being 
secure in the Lord, secure in Christ. One of the ways sometimes people do that is say, well, I believe in, in free will, man's free will, mm-hmm. and if man wants to walk away, that's it. And so that for them, that kind of covers it. That's kind of the, you know, that's their nuclear weapon to destroy anything that would imply to them that God can hold on to you, that you're secure in him, because you can always walk away. I believe in man's free will. We, Cause, now, so, you, so you could someday say, well, I changed my mind. Yeah. I don't believe this anymore, yeah. Yeah. and I'm going to walk away from it. And so... So right. that's why. Okay. All right, how would you respond to that? I'm gonna give you what I. All right, my response. So go ahead. Couple different things. One, the I would ask a person. Okay, so you have a free will. Um, so let's take you and me for example. So right. we were we're both um, our DNA, our physical DNA is as as a fields, and so um, part of the trait of the fields is uh, not real impressive uh, hair retention later in life. So we all tend to lose our hair. Seems like the men in our family. I have free will, and so Roger, I'm going to change that. I'm going to, uh, I'm I'm going to change my my field's DNA. DNA. Does that make sense? No. How are you going? You're not going to be able to. Yeah. Do that. So the yeah. point is, your free will doesn't do limit. anything about your nature, right. your DNA. In the in the verse in the Old Testament, can a leopard change his spots? Yeah, that's and a great so scripture. Yeah. Free will. So you ask a person, okay, can you? Can you change your heritage then? Can you change your biological DNA? Well, no, you cannot change that. And so it makes the mistake of, it's a simple phrase that kind of dawned on me many years ago, long before I really understood a lot lot of this, that nature precedes behavior. Nature precedes behavior. Who you are determines what you do, not the other way. It's not our, we don't change our makeup. We don't change our nature, our identity by what we do. We didn't become a Christian that way. You know, that kind of shows I think an inaccurate yeah. understanding of yeah. how we were became saved in the first place. You know, born. We didn't choose to be physically yeah. born. Now, you know, we did receive Christ, put yeah. our faith in Him. So there is the decision there. There is an opening of the yeah. heart, but the nature leads to that. So if I think that I can change my identity by what I do, then it's a it's a misunderstanding of that. All right, let me tell you how I respond to that too. First of all, you don't, and I know this is kind of an easy cop out, but I have another point of this that you don't really know what somebody did originally. You don't know if they really did put their faith and trust in Jesus. True. When they, walked yeah. away. they may have just been committed to a church program or the culture of the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't know that, number one. But it's like this. So my easy answer is this. They say, well, I believe in man's free will. Well, you know what? I believe in God's free will. Mm-hmm. God, Do you believe God has a free will? Well, let me tell you what I believe God has chosen to do with his free will. And that is when he does change your nature, he chooses by his free will not to reverse it, even mm-hmm. when you walk away or mess up. People walk away for a lot of crazy reasons. Let me give you, this is my analogy. Let's say, Jeff, that I were to buy you a nice big old house somewhere in Lexington. This is a house, it's a great house. It, and you decide one day, you know, I don't really want this house. I'm leaving this house. And you move to Montana and walk away. You know, but my free will, I could choose to allow you to retain ownership of that house. Yeah. yeah. I could allow you to keep you know, your name on the title. And I believe that's what God does. He le- he leaves your name on the title. And here's the point. It depends on what kind of God you believe in. I believe in a God who's looking for ways to keep people in mm-hmm. and put people in, not looking for ways to exclude people, keep people out. And so... And, and it's not just that he's lowered the standard or lowered the bar in that. It's just he has made us new. Yeah. We, we are a new creation. It's like our children. You know, you know when it, if a child rebels against the father, you know, there's... St- He's still the, the father's child. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change and, their relationship and, in that regard. Right. And like in the prodigal son, the father's yeah. free will, he chose to bring this mm-hmm. boy back, let him come back, 
threw a party for him when the boy really didn't even have a true repentant heart. Well, he didn't come back apologizing for what he did. He was just hungry. He said he was no longer worthy to be a son, but he just he said he got up and left the pig pen because he just didn't have anything to eat, and he wanted to work on the farm to earn some money. That's why he came back. So he even had a mixed motive for coming back, but the father still took him back. The father chose to do that. And so I think that God's free will is a pretty big player in this. And it kind of denies the new heart that we receive in the new covenant, that when a person puts their faith in Christ, they receive the new heart that was promised in Ezekiel, a new spiritual DNA, or as Andrew Farley says, a DNA swap. And so we have a new heart, we have a new will, even though you know we still experience the desires of the flesh, but that's not who we are. And so you know, we're not going to want to go that way or we'll, we'll be miserable doing that. Now that is, that does happen though. So I don't want to just say that, you know, you know, true believers don't ever sin and sometimes oh, well, sin they blatantly, all sometimes horribly. But I think, you know, I think of the man in first Corinthians chapter five, I think five or six, somewhere in there, you know, the immoral brother. Yeah. And it says, you know, basically let him go that his spirit may be saved yeah. in the day of yeah. judgment. I forget yeah. what it says, but yeah. so even that individual, um, you know, they're, they're still saved eternally in that way. And that also denies the reality of the unseen spiritual. So when a person receives Christ in their spirit, they are made new, yeah. and whatever is true spiritually is true forever. In the spiritual realm, there is no time. There well, is no before and after, yesterday, today. You know, that's why Jesus is the same, because he's outside of time. And so I can't change that by what I do. I'm, I'm a new person on the inside. So. And you can't be unborn. You are, you know, right, yes. You're born, you can't be unborn. And now, you're Jeff, born by eternal life. So Now, in full disclosure here, Jeff, I'm tell you, what's the reason I have to look at my phone here? I am, you probably have heard this, but I'm a realtor. Oh, no, you're not getting a real estate call. I, well, I'm getting a, it's, it's an automatic thing from showing time. I'm um, approving people's showings to go okay. to see a house I've got listed. So that's why so you I'm, can do that on your phone then? Yeah, I do that on my phone. I don't okay. talk to anybody. I just put I've got something here. I can talk about here for a minute or two. If you, Sorry, or do no, you I'm need, good. All right, Okay, I'm you good. got it done? Yeah. Okay. We done with this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, I mean, something else may pop up in my head later on, but for now, the as you know, this is this is a little off topic. So, um, well, not a little off topic, a lot off topic. I've been I've been looking for a. <laughs> There's no such thing as a little off topic for us. I mean, <laughs> I've been looking for a new vehicle lately. You're aware of that, yeah. So I've, yeah. I'm, I currently drive a luxurious 2008 Nissan Altima, not the deluxe model, just the basic model, and it's got plenty of miles. And I'm tired of sitting that low to the ground. And when I get out of the car, I have to anyway. So I'm looking for a new vehicle. So I've, I've been in. Eight or nine different showrooms lately over the you last week. You just do half. not make spontaneous decisions at all. You're really, you're, that's the way Lori is, well, this, my wife. Well, I mean, she I mean, researches it. She has researched this thing. I mean, she's I mean, spending that much money. I mean, I know, this is, I'm, this I'm is not you know, I'm going to drive this thing for the next 10 or 12 years, I, probably. I agree. So, so, I mean, it's not like I'm just, you know, it's not like where am I going to go eat tonight? I know. So, anyway. I, know I, I get you. But three interesting things about this. One, I was in one dealership one time. And we got talking about, you know, the details of it. And, and, you know, when you actually make a decision, you know, you always talk to someone in the finance department or the money oh, department. Yeah. Even if you don't finance it, um, you know, you still talk to someone in the department. Anyway, the, the salesman made the comment to me. said, well, the, the guy, and he, he mentioned his first name. I forgot now what it was. In our finance department said, you can trust him because he's a minister. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> he said, so he tells me, of course, he didn't know anything about my, the salesman didn't know anything about my background. <laughs> So, so he tells me I can trust the, the guy in the finance office at the car dealership because he's a minister. How would you, uh, what would go through your mind? Would that, would that make you 
feel more comfortable and secure. I think and, we should and call good. the police right now is what I think. <laughs> oh, don't be so cynical. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I, that's fine. But I, I did tell him, I said, well, I kind of chuckled. I said, well, actually, I never realized you didn't know this, but I was a full-time pastor for 10 years. And I, and I said, I've used the, I used the phrase behind the curtain. I said, I've been behind the curtain and, um, that really doesn't help me. That and, 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 and I told him in a way that almost kind of makes me react but, the other yeah, way. It makes me a little more suspicious. Told you, if he'd have told you he was a golfer, you'd have been all in. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, this this, where do I sign? Yeah, let's let's do this deal. Golfers call penalties on themselves, so yeah, golfers are. Oh please! So, you so, okay. telling me so, golfers are an honorable okay. bunch of people? Okay, let's, yeah, okay. we don't want to we'll, go. We'll, we'll, we'll get off the golf. <laughs> but anyway, so that's one thing about my car uh, shopping experience, and I still haven't made a decision yet. But anyway, the other uh, that I've noticed in on the internet, you know, you look at these cars and it lists all the features of the car and you know all this stuff. They still list. I don't think it's actually on the paper stickers that are on the windows, but on the internet, it's still listed. This car has power windows, power locks. Why do they list that? Well, you know, that's like... Is there the mo- any car that doesn't have power? Win- I know that's that's nice like thing. the motels. It has a steering wheel. Yeah, that's like the motels that advertise. We have color TV and air conditioning. <laughs> There's still a few of those out there. You know, I'm thinking if yeah, you're bragging that. about your color TV and your air conditioning, then I'm thinking that may not be the place I'm, I want to stay. I'm pretty sure every vehicle in the last 40 years has power. I, I, I do remember driving when we had to crank the window. Oh, yeah. You and I yeah. both remember that and all that. But anyway, so well. that, that just kind of struck me. Then last thing, this happened yesterday. I was in a dealer. I, I test drove a, a new car and I noticed it had 18, a little over 1800 miles on the odometer. And I, and I mentioned the salesman who's actually a I friend of mine. I tell you what happened. I tell you exactly what they're going to tell you. Well, okay. Let me, let me, right, uh, so right, I, go ahead. let me tell you what he said first. And okay. then it turns out he didn't know himself and he found, we both found out later what had actually happened. Okay. So I'll tell you first what he said. Then you tell me All what right. you think happened. Then okay. I'll tell you what actually happened. All right. 1800 miles. And he said, well, he said this was probably a loaner vehicle that when for the service department when people have the car you know they they loan a vehicle that and um because it, it wasn't really cleaned up like you know new cars are usually super cleaned up and all yeah. this this one had some you know you, it had not been cleaned up so we found out later on what actually happens so what what do you think happened? the manager's been driving it no that isn't it that's, or, that's not what, what they is, said so the and i think they were being honest. i think they were being honest here okay it, right. it is sad what happened and it's aggravating to me not even being Oh, the, they're really aggravating to them. They had someone, you know, they they let you test drive them overnight sometimes now. Got took it on a vacation. Took it then. to South Carolina and back and did not buy the car. Did not buy any car from that dealer. Wow. Took it for a test drive overnight. I don't know if it was one night or two night or whatever. Drove it. And I, don't, I didn't think to ask at the How time. How they know it went to South Carolina? Well, I wondered that later. But, okay. I mean, the other, the salesman, another salesman came in that was very knowledgeable on the history of that vehicle. And I think, you know, he wow. knew. And they just got it back a couple of days ago. But I guess... There are people out there that if you've got a decent sized trip and, and you want a nicer vehicle, you just go into a dealer, act like you're going to buy it, ask them if you can test drive it overnight. You drive it out wow. of state, come back. Isn't that sad? That, that is sad. That, that yeah. is really. Yeah. And so now I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy that vehicle or not, but I'm thinking, you know, if I might bring a new vehicle, yeah. I really don't want 18, you know, 1800 wow. miles is not that much. I realize that. And Probably okay, a they, minister that did they, that to go to a conference. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. He had to, I had get not to his made that Bi- connection. He had to get to his Bible conference, and so he. But it did have power windows and power locks, so that that was. Oh well, yeah, so. that was good. He probably stayed in a motel too with air conditioning <laughs> okay. and color TV. So. Do you want me to keep going here? Or you yeah, got keep, no, keep going. <laughs> You're on a roll, Jeff. Yeah. Just keep her going here. Or just admit you don't have much coming into all this right, podcast. All right, yeah, yeah. The narrow gate. We got to ask a question. Yeah, about you know Jesus and Matthew seven. And that is a great question. Too, yeah, that, is. that is a great question. So let's talk about that a little bit. All right. So yeah, Matthew, yeah. hey, let me let me uh, let me go ahead and look it up. I have a Bible right here. 
Yeah, I got a couple me. thoughts about that. I mean, yeah. a lot of people do struggle with that because, I mean, so, yeah, read exactly what Jesus said. This reminds me of the uh, you know, little Bible drill thing where you had to, you know, the call out a verse and who can find the verse the quickest and all that. I kind of forgot about I wonder, that. I wonder yeah. who between the two of us. I wonder who. Oh. Would, 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 well, anyway. I wouldn't have to look it up probably. I was just. <clears> okay. <throat> <laughs> Well, they just, yeah, okay. Wait. So uh, so Matthew 7, part of the Sermon on the Mount, enter, the, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Right. So, you right. know, one way of looking at that is, you know, that does, I'm just on the surface, if you didn't know anything else, or didn't, you just pull that out of context, it sounds scary. Well, yeah, so. I mean, and there is a little bit of a, an ominous tone to that. I mean, I, I yeah, think there sure. is, but I think you, then you have to ask, okay, what is this saying or what is mm-hmm. it not saying? So you want to start or you want me to take that? Uh, you go ahead. Well, for one thing, I, I was always, because I'd always come from a kind of a legalistic obligation standpoint, I would read it and think, well, it just means it's very hard to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And and I used to hear the stories. I don't know if you've heard this or not. It's amazing how we hear stories that are not in the Bible that kind of layer over Bible verses, and this is one of them. Well, back then, they used to have a gate. They called the narrow gate in the wall, yeah. and that it was so low, the camels had to get down on their knees. That's that verse about through. the eye of the camel. Yeah, yeah, the eye of the camel. Yeah, had to get through the had to get through the wall that way, and so that's kind of like, yeah, they would equate these two scriptures, but you had to kind of crawl in. Well, here's the thing. Okay, it's a narrow gate, which is kind of true. It's not like there are a whole bunch of ways to get to God. Mm-hmm. The gate is fairly narrow. It's through Jesus. It's right. not through a bunch of other religions or any religion or a philosophy or your good works or whatever it is. It is a very narrow path. It's through Jesus. But that doesn't mean it's a hard path. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been through gates. I can get through a narrow gate. I mean, unless it's so narrow you can't squeeze through it at all. And it doesn't say that. It's a gate you can go through. And there are a lot of people who don't find that gate, who don't know that Jesus paid the full price, who don't put their faith in his completed work. So I get that verse. And even though this, he, Jesus said that before the cross, I understand there's still an element where that was probably directed to the Jews. Anyway, there you go. So, yeah, I think it is important to keep this in context of the Sermon on the Mount. So yeah, Matthew right. 5, 6, and 7, that is often held up as kind of a guideline for how to live the Christian life. That's right. essentially what the Christian life is. We're trying to follow the Sermon on the Mount, follow the teachings of Jesus. and But not everything that Jesus taught was targeted for everybody that would ever live from, from here on out. And particularly and so on this was, side of the cross. Right. Yeah. So he was speaking. So how... I think for all of this, including this this particular passage, and all the teachings of Jesus, you know, when he's speaking to the disciples, you know, how that is to be received by someone who is on the other side of the cross, who is still living under law, has no concept of the new covenant, no right. concept of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right. How that message is delivered to them is an entirely different message than what is delivered to those on this side of the cross who now have Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we are convinced that this this whole sermon, these three chapters, it's Jesus clarifying the law and clarifying the seriousness of the law, the extreme high bar of the law, so that people will realize they cannot keep this. The Pharisees had yeah. watered down the law. They'd come up with their own rules. And yeah. so he's saying, okay, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. And it ends with that, the end of Matthew 7, the house falls flat. I mean, it ends, the Sermon on the Mount ends in an incredibly depressing yeah, on a depressing note. Yeah, you know, false flat. It's, it's, false the sermon on the mount is to lead people to the understanding, the realization that they need a savior. They cannot keep the law right. right. So it savior. raises the bar 
to the rightful place of how high. And that's why I think it's a great phrase that somebody else came up with that, you know, the problem is not cheap grace these days, but cheap law. Yeah. That we lowered the law of God to where we think we can keep it. And so Jesus is raising that bar back yeah. up. And so he says, narrow is the gate. And it's interesting. It says that, you know, few there be who find it. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't even in that part, you know, not even, let alone enter it, few they even find yeah, it. Yeah, but it's finding so, it, not it's so narrow you can't squeeze through it. it, there again, it it's, it's narrow, and it is narrow, though, right. even now. I mean, it's a narrow path. It doesn't mean it's not uphill and rocky. It doesn't mean it's a climb. <laughs> okay. to, uh, you I know. thought of that. Okay, yeah. Okay, it's just a narrow gate. It's like there's a gate. You just but you still can top, easily yeah. go through the gate. So it's not on top of the mountain. There's something to, yeah, to climb up like, to you to get to. Yeah, I mean. But the, the, my point is, is also, you know, later on, Jesus says, I am the door in right, John. Right. And so I think that's I think yeah. that's the answer. He himself is the gate. Right. And so the question is not have you done enough or have you sinned too much? Have you not be, been committed enough and you're not going to be one of the few? The question is are you in Christ? He is the gate. He alone is the so when we believe in him and what he has done for us, yeah. then we can rest in that. And I think you know, and 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 a lot of people don't want to enter that because it's hard to believe that we can't do something ourselves. And we, we talked about this last podcast, I think, that the idea that it's a free gift is just goes against the flesh. And so it's hard. I remember years ago, Paul Ellis, uh, or I think we mentioned this a year or two ago on a podcast, Paul Ellis, I love the phrase that religion is the bouncer outside the door of faith the door of being in Christ. You got this, you know, think of a bouncer, you know, so when you go to the bars on the weekends, like you do all the time, Roger, yeah. you know, you got bouncers yeah. out, and I'm just getting on that yeah. for anyone yeah. listening. To this. Right. So you got a bouncer outside that, you know, may not let the right people in. You got to be on the list to get in. Well, you know, inside the family of God, inside of Christ, it's a matter of believing and trusting in him, simple faith. But religion is the bouncer outside that wants to scare you away. And it says you, you can't get in. And so, the narrow gate is Jesus. Is that the bounce? I thought the bouncer was the one who, if you acted up in the bar, they threw you out. Is I that... guess they do both, from what I hear. I okay, they do both. Okay, I wouldn't sure how that worked. All right, but whatever. <laughs> or try to, you know, okay, try to throw you out. You know, yeah. if you haven't okay. done enough. All right. you, you get okay. thrown out and all this. So, gotcha. but anyway, all right. You're in the wedding business, right? Uh, that's what I hear. I heard yep. the other day. Tell me if you've ever heard this. I've heard there are professional bridesmaids, people that if I guess if you don't have enough, if a bride doesn't have enough friends, that and this is actually a thing that you can hire out bridesmaids. There are people who that's their job. Uh, they get hired out to stand up in a wedding and be a bridesmaid, even though they never knew the bride. Have you ever? I have come never heard that. This? That would be really awkward, though, because people are going to be asking, "Who are these people in your?" Who, well, no, a lot of times I mean, people don't know who you know bridesmaid because well, it'll be an I'll, old college I mean, buddy or something yeah, like that, or college maybe friend not. or something okay, like that. Okay, may I don't know. No, I have not heard that though. No, that's a new one on me. Um, Hey, let me give you some off topic. This is this is one of those categories of for whatever it's worth. Okay. okay? This is why the Fields Brothers Show podcast is a very rich content, a content-rich podcast, okay? Now, I heard this the other day, and I have several different sources, and I don't know if you know this or not, but in the last 10 years, medically, they have learned a lot about how the brain works, mm-hmm. okay? The, the MRIs, for some reason, have gotten better and they know what kinds of things affect your brain positively and negatively. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, there's five things you can do if you if you can do these every day. They do help your brain. Okay, you know, these have nothing to do with salvation. These are not step to salvation. It's just things that you can do that will help you through life. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's pretty fascinating. Number one, you know, there's one food 
that is by far the best food you can eat for your brain. Now, there's a lot of foods that are good. Almonds are good. Broccoli's good. But there's one food really that stands out among the rest. Seems like I should know this, but and I probably have heard it, but I don't know what Blueberries. it is. Blueberries. Okay. Blueberries. Okay. They're not only rich with antioxidants, but they do they help your I brain. Like now, blackberries have a lot of antioxidants, but they're not as good for your brain. They're still good for you. But blueberries, so eat, number one, eat blueberries every day. Eat a few blueberries. Okay. Right? Number two. Does the uh, the Captain Crunch with blueberries, does that? I don't think that counts. No, okay. I'm okay. not All sure. Right. I'll look it up. So you're talking about real blueberries. real actual blueberry, okay. yes. Okay. Like you get at the grocery store okay. in the produce right. section. Okay. okay. Number two, learn a new word. Okay. I've got an app, you know, that comes up like – I mean, this whole thing is a real satori for me, Jeff, you know? <laughs> Can't whole... argue with that. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know what you that means. You don't know what that word because you don't have that app on your phone, do you, that shows you a new word every day? That's like an epiphany. A satori is kind of an epiphany where you really see something different. Okay. okay. And number three, are you ready for this? Declutter your desk. It, your brain is in better health if you work in a decluttered environment. Well, I, I have no problem with that at my job at work because that is pretty much mandatory. Yeah, mandatory at my job. your bank. Yeah, there are yeah, bank um, there are stories that, there are stories yeah. of the bank president coming through. I don't think he's actually done this for a long time, but going through and clear someone's desk yeah. for them if they don't clear. Really? So, yeah, yeah, but we yeah we have to have everything cleared off. Now you know you open up the the door and the credenza, there might be a stack or two yeah. inside there, but the desk is clear. Yep. But declutter your work environment, particularly. All right, number four. At least take 10 minutes and do some kind of movement. Do something. You know, don't just sit all day long. At least 10 minutes. Well, I've got minutes. a new Apple Watch, and it reminds me to do that. Yeah. So Move. All right. Yeah. And then lastly, are you ready to do this? This, this is from a, really from a scientist. This is not from a spiritual standpoint. Okay. okay. It said, write down something new every day that you're thankful for. Write it down. That's interesting that it's coming yeah. from a pure secular yeah. scientific yeah. standpoint. They say it's just healthy. This is stuff that's healthy for your brain. So there you go. Pretty good advice. All free from the Fields Brothers Show podcast. All right. What else you got? Well, I think we're pretty much ready to wrap this up. Are we I'm ready to wrap this up? up with a quote. Why don't you go ahead and turn the music on, and I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll I've got a little quote here at the end on the outro. Here we go. The, the the concluding music getting ready to kick in. friend jeremy white who's a pastor in california valley church in vacaville he, he had a great post the other day where he, he compared it said you want to be on the you want to exchange the if then plan for the since therefore plan so the idea that you know the law is if okay, you do I this, write this down if okay. you do this then that that's law oh, if I you do if this then, then okay. you do that the All new right. covenant is since this has happened therefore you do this oh, i like that so that's you good. you exchange the if then plan for the since therefore plan so what we do is sense what christ has done in our hearts not in order to get something i like it 